0: now spreading freedom across the nation this is three, two, one. the buck sexton show team buck welcome to our three today in the freedom hut fantastic to have you with me as always thank you so much for uh, making the time in your busy schedule to hang out in the hut this caught my eye over the weekend i know we've talked a lot about the uh, Fallout, out um, the the issues that the Trump campaign now faces in the aftermath of the IC's report on Friday uh, we are all quite aware of the fact that uh, Trump is at least somewhat willing to concede now that maybe Russia did something somewhere okay fine but it's also important to remind ourselves what not just Trump but the, the entire Republican Party is up against You have, on the one hand, people who claim to be uh, erudite, they're even pedantic about it. They're constantly throwing in the faces of the other side, their credentials, their background, how they're so incredibly uh, fact-based, science-based, and brilliant. And they think terrible thoughts about the other side based upon magic, mysticism, voodoo, nonsense. And therefore, whatever policies they're promoting are not just a function of being right in the sense of what is more accurate, but also right in the sense of what is moral, right? The left pushes things and believes that it has a moral mandate for things uh, based upon not science and rationality and facts and logic, but its own version of a sort of mysticism or different versions of mysticism uh, in some cases. It's just a worship of the collective, right, the collectivist mindset. But more specifically, we see with climate change, uh, the continued effort, because they, they sense weakness now, right? The sharks have smelled some blood in the water. They feel like the Trump administration has been undermined from the start. The Trump administration has, ha- has already been discredited with a lot of so-called rational, thoughtful, reasonable people as a result of the IC intelligence community report, which we've discussed on Russia, right? There is this sense out there that, okay, now they've already breached the wall of the Trump administration and they can pile on. And one of the areas where you're going to see this very uh, aggressive attempt is with climate change. And remember climate change for the left is an area where there is nothing If you take their logic to its ends, there is nothing that is off the table. Or I shouldn't say their logic. If you take their argument to its logical end, there can be nothing that's off the table. A piece over the weekend, a couple of things came together for me on this that I I just, I shouldn't read these things over the weekend, but I I do. I find myself flipping through Twitter, hanging out with my bros, literally my brothers, uh, at, at lunch, If you want to see photos of these things, by the way, you can follow me on Instagram. I I post things there. Just type in Buck Sexton into Instagram. It's a cool app. You can also do the same thing. uh, If you're not already following me on Facebook, please do. I try to post them there as well. I don't post as many photos on Twitter just because, I don't know, I feel like who wants to see photos on Twitter. But anyway, uh, there was this piece written by uh, Nicholas Kristoff. Uh, it always goes on CNN and uh, sounds uh, sort of like he—he's he, concerned that uh, he he may have left the gas on in his apartment and he has to run back and check. I, by the way, if you've never heard Nicholas Kristof, I will tell you that my impersonation is pretty close. Go and Google him for a second. Well, it's very important we understand the Trump administration. <laughs> uh, he's also somebody who I particularly get annoyed by because the <laughs> I was part of the. Uh, the clown car of guests that they would uh, (laughs) roll out sometimes on the Don Lemon show on CNN, CNN, where those of you who've asked me, by the way, I am no longer a contributor to CNN, which means I'm no longer on contract at CNN, uh, which is why I'm able to go do Fox. I can go do any cable network now. Um, And that also means that I can speak more freely about things because when you're not an employee and you're not drawing a paycheck, I think you feel a greater freedom to speak your mind obviously it's also why I think they're having me on less and less than they even did before because now they got to deal with buck slaps now it's real and, and I know you'd say buck why well, wasn't it real before you know you're when you're trying to build a TV career and you're trying to uh, gain access to the sorts of platforms where your where your work your research your uh, opinions beliefs arguments all of that can have greater impact, right? This is unfortunately the dilemma that a lot of well-intentioned people in media face. If you want access to those things, you got to play the game a little bit, right? If you just go scorched earth, I know some of you are like, why don't you just go scorched earth on these things? I can t- I can name people for you who go scorched earth, and some of them have actually pretty robust followings in conservative circles. They will never have an impact on the national conversation ever, ever, ever. Um, At least that's my estimation. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we'll see in a few years. But I think you can also point to people who have already essentially had their careers and they've been all out and they have not been able to break through in, in that way that can really influence the national conversation. You know, everybody, everybody's got to stay within certain boundaries. I wish we lived in a, in a country. I wish, we, I wish we lived in a society where you could really just let it rip without fear of what it would do to your career your ability to provide for yourself and your family we're not there um but i digress pretty w- widely there but so christoph is somebody they bring out and they always treat at cnn they treat new york times columnists with it with a complete reverence you know they're like oh please shed your wisdom on all things for us oh cnn column i mean sorry it's uh new york times columnist is this is a New York Times columnists are, are the high priests and priestesses of liberalism, progressivism in this country, right? They are people that are revered in leftist circles, um, and they—I mean, they can get away with saying crazy stuff. Here is a perfect example of just that. And, and Christoph, I always, I always feel like, yeah, the New York Times lets him travel around the world, and he— you know, he he gets to fly around and interview people in places, and then he gets to come up with very, uh, as I see it, uh, facile conclusions about what's going wrong around the world, and in some cases, just conclusions for which there is no evidence. And this article of the weekend that ties in the Trump administration and some of the attacks you can expect on it, I think, is a is a particularly strong example of. The left and the left is as crazy and the left as willing to not just try to beat the other side in argument, but to dehumanize the other side by appealing to our common humanity. The article's title is as Donald Trump denies climate change, these kids die of it. As Donald Trump denies climate change, these kids die of it. Essentially, Trump is a denier, and I say this because I always want to make sure we're clear, as in a Holocaust denier, right? A morally reprehensible, disgraceful, and disgusting person because he doesn't believe in climate change. Isn't it always interesting, by the way, that we've accepted somehow in our speech patterns about at least that it's belief, right? Uh, That you're denying a belief. It is a religious belief, really. It is a it's an existential argument for humanity in the sense that we are here to be stewards of the planet and that this sort of green focus is a reason for existence it's a raison d'être it's a uh, justifying it justifies our purpose here on the planet to take care of the planet i think the planet's here for us to live on and hopefully to, you know, enjoy as much as we can. Uh, other people and the progressive love believes the planet is the end in and of itself, right? That we are here to sort of be the caretakers of the planet as the meaning of, of course, look, no one wants dirty water and nobody wants to live next to a toxic waste dump. And you'll notice that that's never where the argument is. You don't have a you don't have a conservative constituency out there. The, the right wing is not saying, you know what? Let's get a lot of lead in the water because we don't. We, the science isn't settled on that. Let's have a, let's have an abundance of mercury in our food because the science isn't settled on that. There are plenty of places where we just all have agreement. Right? Let's not take antibiotics when we have an aggressive serious infection because the science is not settled on that. You see where I'm going? But on climate change, we deny it and kids die. It used to be Bush lied, babies died in Iraq. That was the rallying cry of the progressive left during the Bush administration. During the Trump administration, one of the rallying cries we may see is uh, Trump denied it, so these kids died of it, which is really just a paraphrase of this article prominently featured in the New York Times, which is, I believe, the most widely read, at least digital news uh, uh, in terms of its digital subscriptions in the world, and they're making this argument in the open now that because of people like Donald Trump kids are dying right there there there's a causative effect it's not just uh sort of circumstantial and everything and let me get into some of the um let me let me read you from this piece of course he he's showing photos and doing interviews with people in parts of Africa southern Africa not south africa but southern africa so Madagascar is where he starts out, and then they expand uh, into Malawi, Mozambique, Swaziland, Zambia, Zimbabwe. So the sort of southern portion of Africa has been suffering from a drought. Uh, It should be noted that, of course, droughts in Africa and even famine in Africa are not a new thing in recent years, not a new thing in the 20th century, not a new thing in human history. Some of you would be like, yeah, the Bible. I, I seem to remember that drought and pestilence, these are concerns that people have had for a really long time, before they were putting much of any CO2 into the air. But as Christoph sees it, and he writes this piece, and people who are otherwise at least well-intentioned and think of themselves as well-informed, they will read this and they'll take its argument to heart, and this is why we can never have an adult conversation about the reality of climate change, uh, what's possible, what's feasible to do about it, and what is not, how serious a threat it really is. Here's how he, he writes this. Um, she is just a frightened mom worrying if her son will survive and certainly not fretting about American politics. Um, yet we Americans may be inadvertently killing her infant son. Climate change disproportionately caused by carbon emissions from America seems to be behind a severe drought that has led crops to wilt across seven countries in southern Africa the result is acute malnutrition for 1.3 million children in the region, the United Nations says. So this is an incredibly circuitous argument, a very roundabout pathway, but one that he asserts in the title, and, and this is the entire underlying premise of the piece, that America is responsible for any famine anywhere in the world, America is responsible for bad weather anywhere, anytime in the world. Any natural disaster, more or less, with perhaps the exception of earthquakes, but I'm sure we could be blamed for that too. Nuclear testing is the result of American action. And those who disagree with that premise, i.e. those who deny climate change, don't care about starving children in Africa, children starving to death. That is how callous they are, how evil they are, how inconsiderate they are, how vile they are. How can you take somebody seriously when that's what you think of them? How can you even have a discussion? You see, if you or I don't believe that the the drought in Africa is America's fault and aren't willing to take drastic steps to change it somehow, Nicholas Kristof, the New York Times and the progressive left wants you to know you don't care about children slowly starving to death. Probably because you're racist. That's the argument they make. And that's what they're saying about the Trump administration, by the way. I'm making this about all of us, but we'll get into this more in a second. Uh, Team 888-900-3393 on the phones. Buck will be back right after this break. Buck Sexton, the Blaze Radio Network. Buck Sexton, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, Team Buck. Thanks for uh, joining me here on this uh, Monday, third hour of the Buck Sexton Show. Great to have you, as always. I just want to continue with this thread for a little bit because this this article really annoyed me, and it just is a window into the mindset. So this is this New York Times piece where you have Nicholas Kristev, because I'm so special and brilliant, and, uh, writing, as Donald Trump denies climate change, these kids die of it. So Trump is a denier, doesn't care about climate change. And oh, by the way, if you don't care about climate change, you're a disgusting human being. You're terrible. You don't care about kids dying. You're a bad person. Right? This is what they want you to take away from this. Uh, and he, he goes he, he goes to the extent of making this really about Trump. Think about the intellectual dishonesty and the gymnastics involved here. Right, Donald Trump is indifferent because Donald Trump questions a major policy issue that tens of millions of Americans, I would probably say hundreds of millions of Americans, at least 150 million of us or so, question and want to have really robust debates and discussions about because of what's at stake. Because of all of that, Donald Trump doesn't care about tiny babies with their ribs almost protruding through their skin in Africa while their parents watch as they die. I mean, the most horrific stuff imaginable. It's not possible to engage in a sort of greater degree of moral blackmail than this, right? If you don't agree with me on climate change, you don't care about starving babies in Africa, and you're not willing to stop because you're—and not only that— not stop doing what you're doing, which is responsible for it. You know, if you don't drive a Prius and you don't believe in uh, a carbon tax and you don't believe in green energy programs, you don't care about starving children in Africa and their protruding ribs and their eyes losing the basic sense of life that we all have, right? I mean, slowly fading away. You don't care about any of that because you're a bad person. You don't care about the slow dehydration, the malnutrition. Uh, This is... The worst kind of emotional and intellectual blackmail I think a person could really think of. And this is a celebrated, I'm sure he's award winning columnist. An absolute coward, by the way. Never puts himself in a in a position to really debate anybody on this stuff. You know, goes into the safe space of CNN and these other places and just gets to have the anchor, oh, you're you're a Times columnist, you're so brilliant. Please, please. Preposterous. Um, this whole I mean if the piece was about the drought in Africa, I would say all right this is a human inter- this is a, a really a human devastation piece but we all have an interest in alleviating human suffering around the world by the way as you know doesn't ever really get mentioned but the Bush administration did more for the suffering um, inhabitants suffering residents of Africa than any administration in memory um, by dealing with the HIV crisis there which is not really a u.S. Foreign policy objective, other than that, it's a human being humanitarian objective, and the Bush administration saved millions and millions of lives there. Never taught, you know, that never gets sort of put up on the scoreboard. Not that we should be thinking of it as a scoreboard, but you know what I mean. That never gets added to the Bush administration legacy by the left. No, he's such a bad guy. You you got to read this piece. I mean, we'll we'll put it up on Facebook. Uh, It does talk about how USAID is trying to do things to help, um, but that children dying in Africa is something that is somehow tied to Donald Trump and climate change denial. It's well, these people also think that the Syrian civil war was caused by climate change. But they're completely insane. And if you think that I'm over uh, I'm exaggerating with their insane, there's this guy who's a meteorologist and sort of a, a meteorologist named Eric Holthaus and something of a known commodity in climate change circles. He said wh- where was it? It, it, this this is really hard to believe. I, I I'm starting my eleventh year working on climate change, including the last four in daily journalism. Today I went to see a counselor about it. And then he also tweets, "We don't deserve this planet." There are many days when I think it would be better off without us. I I, I mean, what w- what is this guy going? This 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 climate change so-called expert meteorologist has to go see a therapist because he's so upset about climate change he tweets out i'm saying this because i know many people feel deep despair about climate especially post-election i struggle every day you are not alone look we all struggle right we've all got our stuff maybe one day we'll just talk about all of the difficult dark things that we have to handle each of us collectively here on the freedom we could we could talk about that for hours and hours climate change is not one of them and it really demeans the real struggles that people have in their day-to-day lives the breakups of families you know chronic illness uh, shortfalls financially, losing homes, can't pay the mortgage—real problems. Versus, oh, I can't take climate change. I need to go see a therapist for climate change. That's not a real problem. That's a problem for a therapist because it's insanity. It's delusion. And yet, the left buys it. More coming. This is the Buck Sexton Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Sexton show speak your mind 888-900-3393. you know th- this is an area that's very getting very testy and I see it on Twitter and I see some conservatives uh, going back at some sort of conservative I, hate, I don't like the term intellectuals because plenty of people I know plenty of people that you know the the guy who is the superintendent of my building and, and I say this in all honesty, is an astute political analyst. He he doesn't use fancy words. He's not a and we talk we talk politics all the time. I see this guy smoking a cigarette and I stop. By the way, everything he said about the Trump administration and or rather the, the Trump campaign was right. And everything that I was reading and everything, you know, the polls he was one of these guys, the polls were right, he's like, I don't know the polls are off. there's a movement here. You don't you gotta you gotta understand people like me are sick of it. We're sick of paying the bills for other people and being told we don't do enough. That we that their jobs we won't do that we're lazy that other people are better and you know, we're sick of it. Everything that he was saying about it was right, <laughs> and, and I saw him on the day after the election results came in, and we were we were having kind of a laugh about it. I'm like, yeah, I'm the I'm the on air political analyst, but you were the guy who had his finger on the pulse of, of the the Trump movement, and and I you know I, like a lot of people, I just didn't see coming because I, I try to stay within the the numbers, I try to base things on. Uh, what the what the evidence where the facts point, but the facts in this case or, or the facts as they were presented as in the polls were clearly off. Uh, but now you're seeing this fight that plays out and it, it continues to play out in the media and and you're seeing it more and more, I think also with this administration, which is where the transition is that I want I want to make here, of people who are uh, there's a difference between those who think they have an expertise, and really just faking it. And, and, and those who actually do have an expertise that's valid and different than the society as a whole. There was this New Yorker cartoon. I don't know how many of you saw it. And maybe we should also throw that up on Facebook for you. But it was a few last week, I think. And the New Yorker cartoon was of a and of course, the New Yorker is very oh hello when I'm in my fancy plastic surgeon's office what do i read i read the new yorker because i'm sophisticated i mean it gives you that sort of pseudo british uh, i i pretend to be a wonk vibe right that the new yorker is, is aspires to be the new yorker vanity fair these are the journals of sophisticated not just opinion and thought but of sophisticated people right this is if you're if you read these things you're buying into a brand and you're a part of that brand very important it's also really the basis for much of the Democratic Party's uh, identity, right? That just voting Democrat means you're good, nice, and cool. Cool is a very important part of that as well. Look at the success of the Obama administration, right? Obama was the cool president. Look at what happened when they put Hillary up. They tried. They really did. But Hillary is the opposite of cool, and everybody knew it. And anyway, Um, but it was in The New Yorker, and it was someone standing up in a plane saying, these pilots— uh, think that they're uh, or these pilots think they're better than us or something, you know, they're they they think that they're better than us normal people who thinks that I should fly the plane or the elitism of these pilots is too much for me they think they're better than us normal people who thinks that I should fly the plane it was something like that of course the implication being no that if you don't know how to fly a plane it's very very dangerous um, what's interesting to me is that there was a sort of a back and forth about this it's a thought that's it, it's ha- that is happening that debate is happening now And I think that there are a lot of reasons for it. one of them is that there's a greater transparency into the failures of government because we can now really visualize and hear the audio. We can hear the promises over and over again, broken by our politicians. We can do a Google search and figure out what you know, what charges they may have dodged in federal court and what sort of corruption scandals around them and. I do think we have, for those of us who want it, we have more access to information about the people to whom we entrust power than at any other time in human history. That is a fact. It is much easier to know a lot of stuff about the people running for office now than in the past, and so I think there is an emperor has no clothes effect here um, in that those of a, unless you are blinded by the sort of tribalism of party allegiance and the identification that you have with a specific political party you see the failures and they're inescapable you see the failures of both parties uh, on display but this is also where i think the revolt against the elites comes from i mean there there is a sort of a a consensus that has been formed in recent decades and i think it's been solidifying it's becoming more concrete uh and it's the academy it's media it's the top echelon of many professions. Um, and there's a way that you're supposed to think about things. And that's not the only part of it that I think disturbs people or is bothersome to a lot of Americans. But there's also how do you think about the rest of the country? How do you think about other people? You know, If you're a college-educated 150K-plus earner, what do you think about people who still make a living with their hands and make 30k or 40k what do you think about them and one of the things that i think has been an awakening is that the people who are using their hands to make you know making 30 or 40k or whatever it is uh they're aware of the disdain that the elites have for them at least in the context of working class whites and and others there were there were remember more minorities voted for trump than voted for romney at least by the percentages so there's an awareness of the sort of paternalism and the, really a better word than that paternalism comes from the government the condescension of the elites and especially when people start to see that for many of those that hold these condescending beliefs they're actually not geniuses that started fantastic companies and made a lot a lot of them it's inherited wealth a lot of them it's through connections and cronyism a lot of them it's just through dumb luck But the separation, and by the way, Charles Murray has written a whole book on this um, about sort of the coming apart of America and how you're seeing the sort of siloing of of people, not just in terms of their professions, uh, but where they live, where they go to school, who they socialize with, who who they go on dates with, who they marry, who they surround themselves with. And that while we are in a society that constantly is talking about its diversity, there's actually a tremendous amount of of sort of internal uh, self-selection going on or selection going on where people are making much more narrow networks of individuals that they interact with on a daily basis. And what brings them together in many cases is sort of a shared belief. Uh, It's more the issue of shared belief than it is anything else. Oh, and of course, money. So you need money and then you have to share certain beliefs and attitudes. Uh, But on top of that, There's the revulsion that people feel when those who are supposed to be the elites know what's better for the, let's again go to the, let's say 35K a year uh, manual laborer, know what's better for him or her than they do. And that has reached a point where I think it's just too annoying and too much to bear. And this is part of what the Trump surge is. And there is some irony here in that Trump is a trust fund baby, just a fact. Not not, not to say that disparagingly, although it is a disparaging comment, but I mean not to say that to undermine everything else about the good that I think he can do as president and trust fund baby or not. Look, um, Mitt Romney comes from a very comfortable, well-off family. George Bush comes from a very well-off, comfortable family. John Kerry married into very well-off, comfortable families twice. That's really lucky, John Kerry. Apparently, John Kerry only falls in love with women who are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Once I'd be like, yeah, maybe they had a connection. Twice it seems a little suspect to me. I'm just saying. Uh, but you look at all of these different presidential aspiring, Jeb Bush, right? These people have come from these political dynasty, Hillary Clinton, although she didn't come from money, but she made the money through illicit means. Uh, all these individuals that forget about the Clintons, that's a sort of a different case story. I just wanted to throw that in there because I don't like the Clintons. Um, But all these different political dynasties, and they weren't successful at becoming president in some cases. So, I mean, just having the money is not in in and of itself enough. And and also, I'm starting to care less and less about how people get the jobs they do because the whole notion of objective criteria is something that we're going to perhaps revisit on, on another day here on the show. But objective criteria for getting jobs because... It's really all pretty subjective. Yeah, there's resume stuff and there's experience. It's all it's all pretty subjective, to a degree. Um, but yeah, Trump is a trust fund baby. But he seemed to understand this sentiment and was smart enough politically to seize on it and to give voice to it. And isn't that really what politicians do? Right? I mean, did Bill Clinton really feel America's pain? Did he feel? Does he feel your pain? Can he just also feel your shoulders and maybe the nape of your neck for a minute? And maybe you know, ugh. So you've got Trump uh, out there now pushing and trying to get things done that hopefully will benefits uh, a lot of the people that were supporting him in the sort of Trump. I gotta stop saying sort of. I'm gonna try to eliminate that. I know. See, I, I listen back to the shows and whenever I find tick words that I I have, I'm good at eliminating lots of. Uh, uh, uh. This is something that other hosts I hear do, and and I think to myself, oh, that that I find that very annoying and very off putting. Um. and then of course and um as trump is doing all the stuff though i've got to say there are limits and loyalty has a place in the administration but once you start talking about what's going to happen at the pentagon my sense of it is that you should probably find the people who are experienced and knowledgeable and good at this stuff and you have as the sort of Ah, see, now I've done it, guys. Don't let me get away with it. We're going to clean sort of out of my lexicon. As a means of silencing at least some of his more ardent critics, when it comes to the pulling together of a cabinet, General Mattis has been very, very useful for the Trump administration, right? Because Mattis is the warrior monk, respected career guy, uh, no BS, really knows what he's doing. And now you see some issues with the transition team. They don't want to put people in senior posts at the Pentagon because they want loyalists to the Trump administration. And there are, now the question is whether Mattis is, quote, clashing with Trump transition team over Pentagon staffing. When we're talking DOD, you want the best, most experienced people. You don't necessarily want the people that were on the Trump train the earliest. This is one place where in you know, the White House, yeah, you need your your advisors, you got to trust them, they got to be. In the Pentagon, you do need people that have real deep knowledge, undersecretary of policy, undersecretary for name a specific area. I mean, these are posts that you can't just put somebody who's dare I say a, a sort of a TV sort of, ha. Ah, now nah, it's going to drive me insane team. I'm going to get rid of it though. A TV talking head with no real experience in the area, you can't put them in those posts. So my whole, I know I started out this discussion about expertise and the inflated sense of expertise that the elites have about themselves, and that's very real, but there are limits. There is such a thing as expertise, and there is a place, or there are places where having real expertise should matter. And I think the Pentagon, I'm hoping they figure this stuff out because the Pentagon is a place where you really need Those who are the best at the jobs and loyalty to the campaign is, is should not be an issue because it's about loyalty to the country and the sort of people that have, and that's not a misuse of sort of the kind of people see that one. I'll get away with the kind of people that have real experience at that level and could be used by the Trump camp or by the Trump administration. They are patriots. You're not getting individuals with, 15 years 20 years under their belt the dod who don't who don't like america right so that's not the concern if they like trump or not shouldn't really be as much of an issue and there's a clash i can imagine there's a clash with mattis over this because i see some of the picks they're making and i gotta tell you some of them are good but some of them are suspect some of them are suspect all right team uh we'll close that out on the flip side of the break i'll be right back Rick Sexton, the blaze radio network Buck, Sexton. Uh, team, we're going to have to sink our teeth into this one a bit more later in the week So I don't have too much time to go deep on it now. Uh, but you've heard in recent weeks a lot of talk from the Democrats, or I should say in last week, really, a lot of talk from the Democrats about how there's no plan, right? Once they repeal Obamacare, there's no plan. And they've trotted out the stuff about how they just want to, hashtag make America sick again you know Chuck Schumer and what was it uh, they want to call it Trump care and really daring Republicans because oh you don't have a replacement Uh, and I have to hat tip our friend over at the Federalist David Harsanyi Uh, he wrote a piece that maybe we'll get a chance to talk about tomorrow but it, it at least brought my attention back onto this issue and it's important the GOP does have a plan to replace Obamacare that's what scares Democrats most, and his subheading is if Republicans fail to repeal Obamacare, it will be due to their incompetence, not a lack of ideas. Uh, this is uh, th- this is what's going to happen now. You're going to be hearing, it, with, with, in the blink of an eye, it, it will go from they can't repeal it because they don't know what they're going to replace it with, to what they're replacing it with is extremist. It's crazy. Well, I thought the objection was they didn't have a way to replace it. So they won't repeal it. Oh, well, now it's what they're going to replace it with is bad. But once you criticizing them a week ago for not having something that you're going to, you know, with this health care stuff. And the Democrats, they're just constantly Lucy with the football. They're always moving the goalposts. It doesn't matter what they said yesterday and it doesn't matter what they're going to say next week, even when we know what they're going to say next week. So I think we'll have to get a bit more into that because the un, uh, undoing of Obamacare is going to be a process, and Republicans have thought this thing through. Maybe they'll lose their nerve, but they're going to be able to do it if they want to, and Democrats are very upset about it. So they're just going to throw everything they have at this. Uh, team, I will be um, joining you again tomorrow live from the Freedom Hunt. Check out my stuff on Facebook. Until tomorrow, Shield High. The Buck Sexton Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.